This episode of The Rebound is brought to you by SoftLayer, an IBM company. SoftLayer delivers cloud-built for solutions. Your business applications and computational workloads are unique, so you deserve cloud resources that meet your specific needs. It's all on demand, all connected to the same API, all connected to a global private network, and they allow you to scale your workloads up and down quickly with ample space for your storage-intensive tasks. IBM uses SoftLayer as its cloud infrastructure foundation for all IBM cloud products and services. Even if you're not looking for infrastructure, you can benefit from SoftLayer infrastructure when you use platform or software services for IBM Cloud. Our listeners have the opportunity to get $500 of cloud infrastructure by visiting softlayer.com slash podcast. So visit softlayer, soft, L-A-Y-E-R.com slash podcast to get started with your $500 off servers, storage, network, and security on a cloud built for solutions from SoftLayer. This is how we start the show. <laughs> this is, yeah, we don't have a, like a, wait, but there's music, right? Well, yeah, but the music comes yeah. later. Like right comes now. Comes later? Like <laughs> right now. best opening we've ever had that was good that was i like i i, I like that the musical interlude there that was really nice thanks i'm, I'm glad you enjoyed it um <laughs> so i have important questions for you guys which mainly involve uh let's start by saying apple event next week that's not a question but my Holy question Moses. is is it that time of year again it is that time of year again what are you what are you guys seeing on the horizon John Moltz and not Lex Friedman. <laughs> Alias Guy English. The man, the man formerly known as Guy English, the the artist formerly known as the Guy man, English. the legend. <laughs> Just an icon now. Ah, uh, well, unfortunately, it doesn't look like we're going to get my 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 four inch iPhone. So I think we're going to get everything other than that. Uh, everything, uh, every not, inclu- <laughs> not everything. including. Not including the car. <laughs> they could just drive everything, it right everything up. Everything up to, short of the car. No, um, they, they're no, booking so I, this enormous okay. venue in San Francisco. Maybe they're going to show off some cars. Maybe they'll just have cars littered around the place. Mm. And you have to figure out which one is the Apple car. <laughs> they'll just be random cars. <laughs> It'll be like the end of the third Indiana Jones movie. Yeah, it's just a wait. Choose, the, the first choose wisely. The first, oh yeah, the yeah. Third, choose yeah. wisely. The Grail. Right. Yeah. Right. And if you get, I thought you meant you like the it. way, but like formatted in the warehouse from the end of Raiders. Oh, that, that's a yeah. Also yeah, that's good. just full of cars. Right. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I like the idea that if you get in the wrong car, that you just you you, you melt. turn to dust. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Right. <laughs> that does happen. I, think oh. I saw that in RoboCop. <laughs> you have chosen the Google car. It was a it was a popular uh, thing back then. Melting, yeah, melting. I mean, it was like that was like Wizard of Oz, to, the new way to go. It goes all the way back, man. That, that was yeah, I guess 30. that's true. That's true. But she sort of like just like went down on an elevator. Well, let's not impugn the quality of special effects from the 1930s. I'm just saying that's you know that's what actually happened. Ah, yes, whereas okay. the guy who played Tote, he actually melted. He actually melted. That was because <laughs> you never, never seen you, him. Did you ever see that actor That's again? Fair. That's fair. I never really. Wow, nobody asked Spielberg about that. No, <laughs> really embarrassing. His dirty secret: <laughs> melting Nazis. Um, so, so you think? So, no four-inch phone, but we're thinking. So, I still kind of keep coming back to this one question, which is: it seems if you follow the pattern of previous years that we're looking at an iPhone six S. 
And now right. we're saying by no four inch phone, we don't think there's a six C, or we think the six C is a four point three inch phone in like a plastic shell. No, I guess there's no. Pl- I think there's no plastic one this year. I guess from it's, what I just from what I'm reading, you know, and who knows what what's true and what and life really? Who knows what's true and what's lies? Um, but it seems like the what is it? The five S slides down to the the free phone. Okay, well that's and, a, I mean uh, that's a uh, that's that's a two year old phone now, right? So that would be a, a free phone. Yeah, and they no longer have a plastic phone for now, at least, and then maybe later they come back maybe next year they come back and make a i guess a plastic phone with this year's internals so a four inch screen but so what complicates this for me is that for the first time ever last year we had the six and the six plus so are the six and six plus still around as like the the you know one down rung so we have a 5s that's free a six that's mm-hmm. like maybe a hundred bucks a six plus that's like 150 bucks and then the 6s starts at 200 and there's a 6s plus because like that's a lot of phones let's go to the chart but yeah (laughs) well they have a lot of phones now though they do too many it should just be one um let's see how many phones they have i'm gonna guess that the 6 plus goes away (laughs) you think the 6 plus goes away yeah Wow, really? I it's Somebody's I know a lot of people up. really like the six plus. I don't. Oh, yeah, no, I know no. a lot so, of people do. I, I think <laughs> what'll happen is we'll get the five S as the freebie, the six as the entry level one, then the six S and six S plus, whatever they're going to name it, uh, subsequently. So there's a six S plus, but no six plus. Exactly. Okay, yeah. so a new version of the five point. God, how many inches is that? Five point. It's like eight feet wide. It's eight feet. <laughs> you know those signs on the on the road where they tell you about like the height of the bridges? You have yeah. to be careful if you're carrying a six six S plus through those. That's pretty much yeah. it, yeah. And the reason I say that is because yeah, that's a really it's getting to be a pretty complicated product lineup if you keep the six plus around. And I believe it commands a decent margin and people want the bigger size. So yeah, I, I think they do. Just milk them for that. Yeah. Well, so there's right now, according to what John was trying to find, maybe he found it, there are four models that I see. 6 Plus, 6, 5S, 5C. There are no four models still being sold by Apple, as far as I can tell. It's a little annoying because they redesigned the site, and it no longer there's no longer a dedicated store section. That happened within the last month, I think. Yeah, I'm also not sure what happens in what they call developing markets, right? Like, mm. does India have fours for sale? I don't know. Hmm. That's a good question. Um, uh, it's it's unclear to me, and I think that that's that's the tricky part is, you know, trying to manage all those disparate phone lines, like you know, not phone lines, but lines of phones. <laughs> <laughs> also a problem. Also a problem. You got uh, your fax line, right? <laughs> <laughs> you got your yeah, your, your, your you got your AOL dial up line. Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh huh. And uh, and then telex. telex. (laughs) I got a giant cable wired into my house for telex because we're close to the water here, so it just comes right out of the ocean and into into the and into the house. You could run like a uh, a wire con where you uh, give us the stock quotes delayed. (laughs) (laughs) You got one of those little like ticker tape things, right? Good evening, Mister and Mrs. America, and all the ships at sea. Something like that, yeah. 
So we don't know. Oh, what good. Okay, oh. so uh, yeah. <laughs> Apple, tune in, in, people. Tune in next week when we also don't know stuff. <laughs> yeah, right. But uh, Apple TV at this event, most likely, right? Yeah, I think that's pretty much a given. I mean, cheese Louise. <laughs> Wait, just to rewind a second. <laughs> just we put, us, the... put us out of our misery already. Right. I just... Do we have any idea how the 5C went? No, there's never... So... Because they were cool devices, no. and they seem neat, but I don't know how it did in the market. Officially, there is no information about that because yeah, they right. don't but did break it out. Somebody do some math voodoo. To yeah, try people to... have done, um, but I've seen. I don't know. I feel like I've seen people arguing both that it did poorly and that it did better than right. that. <laughs> so right. uh, I can't. I don't know if there's a really good consensus about how well that it did. Uh, Tim Cook tried to give some numbers. I feel like one of the calls he tried to refute somebody arguing it hadn't mm-hmm. done well. Right. Um, but again, he didn't like break it out. It was like, this is how many we sold. But he did, you know, th- he would throw around some percentages, I think, at one point. Yeah. Um, well, he probably just called up Jim Cramer and just told yeah. him. <laughs> Jim, I think 5C is yeah. doing great. I think, yeah. it did, I think it did well, but probably not as well as they had hoped it yeah, did. Yeah, because, I mean, you do have the inventory problem, right? If, yeah. Like, so things get complicated. So if it's not worth the hassle, maybe they drop it despite it being... Right. I mean, it, I think it yeah. served its purpose of pushing lots of people up to the next rung, mm-hmm. you know, right. sort of being like, oh, I can get an iPhone for really cheap. And then they go into the stores and they're like, well, but if I spend a little bit more, I can just get the really nice one. Right. Yeah. It's the right. iPhone that has to jump on top of the barbed wire so that the other iPhone can run over it. <laughs> but I guess they thought they were going to sell the, the kitschy colors might get younger people or something like that. And, right. and that didn't happen as much as they expected. Right. Anyway, so I just wanted to sort of square that circle a bit. Uh, so the Apple TV seems kind of like a done deal, right? Yeah, I think it's, I think we're getting that next week. <laughs> they said. Well, I, I <laughs> setting yeah. themselves up for massive disappointment. No, I mean I don't know. This is. Uh, it seems like all the stuff is pointing to that happening, and at this point, it would be very surprising to me if they didn't launch it. Um, that said. There's still the possibility of a second event this year because I don't think we're going to see new iPads at this event. Right. Yeah, I'm pretty confident yes. about the Apple TV because just things I've heard privately seem to line up with it being a been ready for a while type thing. So yeah, it's supposed to, it was there was some rumor at one point that it was going to appear at WWDC, but they decided. I think what happened was they decided to hold off to see if they could nail all the content deals, and then when they couldn't. You know, at this time around, they have like a second opportunity to launch it. And I think they decided, well, if we hold it much longer, you know, we'll start getting to that point where it will be slightly outdated when we release it. Mm-hmm. Maybe, if they held yeah. it to next year, it would be like, well, we've got a new processor, you know, what, what are we, we going to like rebuild it, you know, or what have you. And so I think that they decided, you know what, we'll just we'll launch it now and then we'll add the content stuff when we get that nailed down later. Yeah, I think it's that's maybe part of it. I think also... uh you know, that little bit of extra time to polish things up, I don't think hurt. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's not like they just stopped work and they're like, okay, <laughs> hey, let's go do something else. It's like they've been working on it. Since right. Particu- sure. Particularly yeah. after the watch. Yeah. Which um, probably could have stood to have a little bit more polish. But uh, I'm yeah. curious about, so I'm curious about the Apple TV because of what we've seemed to hear here, there was a report this past week. Um, I think that it's going to, like, the price range is more in the 150 to 200 range rather than the current Apple TV goes for 70, but that's because they dropped it from sort of the 99 range. And mm-hmm. it sounds like the older one will stick around, but won't get some of the new features. Um, 
I'm curious, like that's a that's a pretty big markup. I mean, I'm I you know I would have expected the new one to debut at a at like a hundred bucks if they dropped the price of the old one down to seventy because they've kind of cleared that price point. One hundred fifty seems like a lot, especially compared to a lot of the other few of the other set top boxes go for anywhere in that range. Most of them are in the like fifty to one hundred bucks range. I mean, you get the Chromecast goes all the way down to thirty or whatever. Obviously, it's a lot less powerful. Um, but that's, you know, a lot of people, it serves the needs of a lot of people who just want to watch video on a big screen. But it kind of, it really just depends on the feature set. Well, absolutely. I mean, if, you're, so, if you're adding an app store and you're adding like the ability, I mean, I don't know if it's going to have games or whatever, but I mean, if it's going to have the ability to add on a whole bunch of stuff, it suddenly becomes a lot more attractive. And so you <laughs> think that adds a $50 premium on top of 50 to $100 premium on top of the existing platform? I'm just well, when it debuted, yes. it was like 300 bucks. So yeah, I, I think you can definitely add that. Yeah. Hey, also, hard I mean, drive, guy. I still, I still have that one. Yeah. <laughs> Man, it so, runs so hot. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it's like a little Intel computer in there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Lobot, by the way, was the name of the OS that was running in there. Oh, really? Yeah. That's awesome. Because it's a lobotomized OS now. Oh. It's not, was it, was it intended as a Star Wars reference or no? Probably, yes, yes. That's, that's awesome. No, I want more whatever. Star Wars references. I am not, I am not kidding you. I only just got the fact that Lobot is a reference to lobotomy. I didn't get it until somebody told me the, the code name for that particular build. Of I just assumed it was. Which seems, which seems terrible, which seems awfully harsh. Yeah, now harsh, it seems like, oh, that right? makes that guy way more depressing. Yeah. I just assumed he was like a robot. <laughs> Don't get name name Larry <laughs> name Larry name Larry Larry Robot. <laughs> they call him Lobot. Um, um, worst gang name ever. Yeah, but I mean, there's other stuff they could do too, right? So you've got a fifty dollar price premium, fifty to even hundred dollar price premium. Um, could they just throw in Apple Music? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, maybe there's other stuff they a could subscription, throw in. A subscription, like a year of Apple Music. Uh, yeah, or just I mean, it's Apple, so it could be perpetual. On that box, I don't think I, I don't think that would work out. But I think I think uh, you're right that there's like yeah. that was, that mean, would, how would you manage your your music library wouldn't survive that. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> there's no way. I mean, it barely survives going to Apple Music at all. If you're gonna have it on one of your devices and not on the rest of them, <laughs> yeah, that's not gonna work. I'm just I'm spitballing here that there's probably yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. they can. I've always found the iTunes music interface on the Apple TV pretty uncompelling in terms of granted they they were they're I'm sure they're updating UI and stuff like that, but also just a use case of like I don't wanna sit in I front of my TV and listen to music. Right. And I'm not sure wanna, yeah. other people do either. Um it's nice to have, but it's just not it's not my go to place for listening to music because you usually have to turn the T V on. You know, unless you've got like a setup for your, you know, an AirPlay setup or Bluetooth speakers or whatever, you know, you have to turn your TV on to use it to listen to iTunes. I'm like, there are so many other ways I could do this easier. Okay, so let's put that aside. What about uh, HomeKit control? HomeKit, says Guy. I think that is a big part of this because I think that the Apple TV is well suited to do some sort of like HomeKit hub uh, functionality because it's always on. It's always on. It's low power. It's got a network connection. Um, yeah, it doesn't move totally. Like, so I think all those things are, are obvious, but what's missing from that is the lack of, I mean, the home kit gear that's been out so far is pretty few and far between, I feel like. And so unless they also make, they might make a big push at this to like highlight all the third party vendors they're working with, or maybe release some of their own home kit gear. I don't know that I buy that, but it's possible. Yeah, it's possible. 
Now, keep in mind, I'm not necessarily saying that these are immediately useful. I'm trying to figure out why mm-hmm. you, or how you could pitch a markup. Right. right. Well, I think the yeah. App Store thing is, as John pointed out, makes the most sense because if you get a device that's that much more complex and it's like you can download apps of course the yeah. saying you pay fifty dollars more so you can buy more apps is a well, little bit of a harder sell i feel like people love doing that though people do love that <laughs> i mean they buy they buy new phones every year this is true. Um, well, games could be a big thing right yeah and not triple a necessarily games but uh mm-hmm. like the the a8 and a9 processors are not slouches they're they can you know they can perform really well, especially if you drop down to metal or something. So I always I always drop down to metal. <laughs> drop down to metal. Yeah. <laughs> I think the big question in the game section becomes the controller, and that's where those yep. rumors about the the new remote I get interesting um, because they're talking about something that has motion control, a touch screen, and physical buttons, mm-hmm. which sounds like let's just throw everything in. <laughs> yeah. Well, plus all the game consoles use Bluetooth remotes now too, right? So it's so. not inconceivable that um, – sorry, every time I say inconceivable, I laugh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's not inconceivable that they could sort of um, uh, you know, connect to PlayStation or Xbox controls and offer that. So, actually, if I could use my Xbox One controller with the, the Apple TV, that would actually be pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, there's not much stopping it. It's a pretty standard profile oh. in terms of uh, the way Bluetooth interacts with these things. That's interesting. Yeah, instead of making your own. Use the ones you get lying around. Although I do think that using switching to a Bluetooth remote control annoys me because it means less and less stuff that works with my universal remote. Also, if this is going to have voice control and a touch mm-hmm. screen and stuff like that, it doesn't make sense to use my universal remote for any of that functionality. But it is just me. Like, I got down to, like, one remote for a while, and then I started using the Fire TV more, which is also Bluetooth, so I can't use that. So now I'm up to two Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm going to be up to three. So it's just one thing after another. So one of the things I had heard, had heard, not heard, had seen on a rumor site, uh, was that it also had an IR thing so that it could stand in for really effectively a universal remote. Yeah. The the controller or the, the controller. The controller. The controller. How would that work? Well, you'd program it well, like a universal yeah. remote oh, and you'd sounds... have like a little yeah. screen to do stuff. But if it's only well, going to have there... a touch screen and like a couple buttons, then that doesn't seem very useful. Uh, uh, again, yeah, I, but the, the yeah. touch screen, the touch screen is a screen. I mean, you get an app right. on it. Yeah, I guess I, universal... I hate, I hate, I like the physical buttons that I can feel without having to look at the yeah. damn thing. Yeah. Apple doesn't like yeah. that. <laughs> <Yeah>. you, <laughs> Apple go doesn't like cave. it. Go back that to you your like cave, that. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, there, I think Logitech had one like that years ago. Um, it had a screen on it. It had physical buttons, but I think you could move up and down like a menu. Okay. Yeah. Maybe going yeah. crazy. It was like one of the higher end. You know, I have one. My, I have a Logitech one that has an LCD screen. Oh, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, but no, it doesn't have a. Oh, they're not buttons. They're not. But yeah, it has physical buttons next to an LCD screen. The screen's just used for display. And I think my, the one I bought for my dad was like the high end one that had, I think maybe actual touchscreen features. It never worked very well though. I was not a big they fan need- of it. They need to get Sony to design one of those ones that has like a 157 buttons on it, 157 physical buttons on a yeah on a like a like a six inch. <laughs> Do you guys remember that Office Mouse from yes 15 years ago? Yeah, yeah. you know the one I'm talking about, right? Like it's yeah, it was for yeah, Open Office, like, and it had like yeah, it had every button, like every command button on there on there. It, it was bananas. It was like in the yeah, height of the open source desktop revolution. Bananas. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. It was basically it was like a keyboard on a on a. Mouse. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I want. Just throw your keyboard out. Yeah. You're doing everything with the mouse now. <laughs> Pretty much. But yeah, I could see that being a bit of a um, a selling point. Like if you could use it as a. Because again, these things don't always have to be 100 percent useful, right? They need to, in aggregate, make a compelling product. Right. Right. It doesn't have to be perfect. Yeah, it just has to be 99% of the way there. Really good. 99% perfect. <laughs> well, it's going to be better than your Logitech remote, right? In I mean, I, of- I, want, I want something better than my Logitech remote because I'm dissatisfied with it, but I have not yet found that. I just want a new Apple TV, man. <laughs> yeah. Is yours working now? I just like, is it what? Is it working now? Oh, yeah, yeah. Cause I, but mm-hmm. I still, I have to reboot it periodically. I mean, so it, I, don't, it, I don't know when this started my son started complaining about it and it would just like suddenly it would act like it was rebooting but it wasn't really rebooting mm, yeah i think um, I've had this it would just go it would go black and then go back to the the main screen oh it's and like then, it crashes essentially it's like a springboard crash almost yeah i guess yeah yeah something yeah. like that but it's not it's not fully it wasn't fully rebooting um and which is kind of frustrating because it looks like it's fully rebooting but it doesn't clear memory and so you go back in and you start watching the thing that you're just booted out of and sure enough like in another minute or two you get booted out of it again mm. and then it's you're yeah just like, it'd be like well, on the mac the if you hell? log out and yeah like if you log out it kills all your yeah. user so, processes but, but then log back in but if something bad is going on yeah and the, right right on a on a like a kernel level or whatever <laughs> and, and so you basically have to you have to pull the power plug on the darn thing oh, wow. which is always not that not that easy um because it's always, you know, it's like it's it's one of these, you know, it's a device that is not designed to do that. So it sits on a shelf or something, you know, above your TV. And the idea is that you just all you want to be able to see, you don't even need to see the Apple TV because usually you're controlling it with. I mean, I'm always always controlling it with my phone. So it's like I could put it in a drawer and have it connected to the the TV, which be, which would be kind of nice, except for the fact that I have to pull the power plug periodically to reboot the thing. So it's just. And the power plug is tightly jammed into the thing, and you got to yank it out, and it just aggravates me. Is this yeah. a uh, second gen? It's a second gen. Yeah, so I have the same one. So, and I haven't had quite that bad, but I've definitely it's become erratic enough that I switched to the Fire TV for most of my viewing stuff, which yeah. seems to be more reliable at the moment. And it seems like this came up within the last like two months. Like it wasn't doing that until recently oh it's that's the uh that's the forced obsolescence kill that's switch. the forced exactly yeah. that's the forced obsolescence yeah. <laughs> but supposedly this like the second gen you can sell on ebay for more money than they're worth than what is, i don't even know oh, just because they're works, hackable but it's like yeah they're hackable i guess because you can't get them anymore right right and they're they're actually you can flash them i think to like custom firmware or something which you can't and that, do and that with gets the third you and that gets you what uh, you, can, you can install it's like installing third-party firmware on like your router or something it's, it gets you more capabilities it lets you run like for example you i mean you could it's like jailbreaking it kind of right so you can run custom stuff on it which you can't but then there's actually do. there's actually like an app there are app, there are other apps out there that you can somehow get onto i think there yeah there's well at least i think i've read that they let you do so for example if you use plex which i use yeah um, which there's an app for i couldn't think of the name the fire tv but you can actually use like stream stuff to your apple tv using plex there's a weird i know people have pointed me to this and i've actually used this before there's a crazy workaround for using it on a stock apple tv where essentially you redirect 
you change where um, you change like the DNS server or something to your local computer, and it redirects the trailers app and turns it into a Plex app, which is very oh strange. Yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> it's very clever. It's very clever. If you never want to use the trailers app again, it's very clever. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's a hack. That's funny. That's like those old things where they would like like the mezzanine slot in the the iMac. <laughs> People would that's make right things to put into. Yeah, you know what? That's just a security flaw. Yeah, what, yeah, so yeah. You shouldn't. They should not be right. That shouldn't. That should. I mean, honestly, like if they shut that down, people are going to scream bloody murder. But uh, if somewhere in between your home network and the DNS server that you use, somebody reroutes the trailers app to be their own source of information, that could be very bad. Well, yeah, yeah. I think it involves it, you're redirecting it to something on your network. So you're basically having it look to a different server on your net. It's like setting up a proxy almost, I think. And you set you point it to... Uh, yeah, like, but it should be using HTTPS is what I'm trying to say. Right. Because otherwise, like if somebody... Because, yes, you you doing it on your network, that's fine. But if it gets out of your network and somebody gives the wrong DNS information back to your Apple TV, they can have your Apple TV talk to any server they want. True. Mm-hmm. Which is bad. Yeah. Yes. Well, I mean, but it's the same. That's yeah, the same yeah, problem yeah. if you can change the you know the DNS server on any device that you own. Yeah, that's all I'm saying is it should be using HTTPS so that it can assure that it's talking to the server it expects to be talking to. But then we can't hack it to do what we want. Well, okay, that's true. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's a classic security. Don't you want? Versus, don't you I mean, want that's flex? That right? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I would like a. I don't actually use it that much, but I would definitely think that a Plex app on the Apple TV would be great. Yeah, no, yeah. and I think if you know if there is in fact a, an Apple TV with apps coming, I would have to guess they're going to be among the first on there. Yeah, uh, I would really, have, I would really like there to be an Amazon one too. Actually, yeah, I'm. That's going to be interesting. I think that I would don't be, think it's going to happen, but well, nice. I don't know. They have them on the iPhone and the iPad. I know, which and I don't I, get. I, I mean, don't. <laughs> it doesn't seem like there's a reason for them to block it well, on the Apple TV. I mean, I, I guess it's simply that they just they realize that they're not big enough to play in the mobile space, and so they have to make apps for. Uh, you know, they're not big enough in mobile. Um, Wait, so you do and, think it's Amazon so they have or to Apple? Make, not make, who won't? I think it's yeah. No, it. I think it's. I would think it's Amazon because I think Amazon would rather you go out and buy like the 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 desktop uh, the set top market isn't nearly as big as the mobile market. They need to have an app for mobile platform. Yeah, mobile I, platform. I, I, I and disagree. nobody uses nobody. I mean, very few people. Certainly nobody uses a Fire Phone and nobody, not as many people use uh, Kindle, you know, Kindle Fires as they would like you to think. Well, but you can get charts showing the, the lines going up and up and up. You can get yeah, well, an like, Amazon app for your Roku, though. So why not be able to get one for your Apple TV? Oh, OK. Yeah. OK. Good point. Spikes. I think. Maybe. Yeah. All right. I, I think I think if anybody, I, I Apple, just figured it was. I figured because they made one for the other ones that they that they were not. So you're saying that, it, oh, but then why does why well do Amazon just wants to sell you? They don't care about selling you a Fire TV. They want to drive content sales. That's what they do. Right. The Apple TV, the the Fire TV for them, it, like the Kindle Fire and the Fire Phone, are all kind of loss leadery because they want to push you towards their buying content from Amazon. Um, and so I, it makes perfect sense for them, I think, just in the same way it makes perfect sense for Google and Microsoft to make iOS apps. Um, I think that if anybody, Apple would be more inclined to say, well, we have the iTunes store where you can rent movies, so we'd rather not have you rent, try to rent stuff from, from Amazon. But at the same time, there's an argument that they, you know, they also allow that on iOS. So 
Yeah, why not? I mean, I think in the end of the day, I personally think competition is good and that you should have the ability to see any of those providers on any of the different boxes. Mm-hmm. And that also makes that makes the, you know, Apple TV puts it closer in, on par with something like a Roku. Um, and I think the Roku is probably their biggest competitor just in terms of, of popularity and market share. Yeah. Uh, guys, would you stop talking for two seconds so that I can talk? Man, won't let me get a word in edgewise on this episode. But I want to ask you a question. You, Dan and John, and you, the listener, do you love books but find that you never have time to read them? Well, audible.com has the perfect solutions. Get audiobooks and listen to those books you've been meaning to read while on the go. At the gym, during your commute, audible.com provides over 180,000 audio programs from the leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, entertainers, magazine and newspaper publishers, and business information providers. Their app is free and works on iPhones, iPad, Android, and Windows Phone. You can also download and listen on your Kindle Fire with over 500 MP3 players, too. And unlike a streaming or rental service, with Audible, you own your books, so you can access your books anytime and anywhere, right from your smartphone. Audible.com also has the great listen guarantee. If you decide you don't like the book you chose, no worries. You can exchange any book you aren't happy with for another title, anytime, no questions asked. Audible has a bajillion books. That's the real number. Um, that might not be the real book, the real number. But I will tell you one of my favorite authors personally on the humor side is Dave Barry. Uh, Dave Barry has published many, many, many deliciously funny books. And uh, he is occasionally the narrator of his own books. And occasionally there's other great people who do the narration. Uh, I recommend... Uh, he does both fiction and nonfiction. I recommend uh, his book, Lunatics, uh, which he co-wrote with Alan Zwiebel, whose last name I don't know how to pronounce. But uh, check out Lunatics, a novel by Dave Barry, narrated by Dave Barry. And, of course, it has Whispersync, so it, uh, it keeps your place between both the ebook and the audiobook uh, as you switch between devices. Just for our listeners, Audible.com is offering a free audiobook of your choice and a free 30-day trial membership. Go to audible.com slash rebound today to start your free trial. Again, show your support for the rebound and get a free audiobook and a free 30-day trial at audible.com slash rebound. Our thanks to Audible for sponsoring the rebound. So go to audible.com slash rebound. Thank you. You're welcome. Goodbye. Read a damn book, kids. It's good for you. It's educational. Right. Do you think the Apple TV will have book support? (laughs) I like to read books on my television. <laughs> yeah, right. I want to sit down and watch a good book. That's yeah. That's that sounds like fun. It's Slip. very very small. The, very the small page text. turning, the page turning uh, graphic will just be spectacular. All right. So Apple TV, iPhones, any other? I mean, I think iOS nine seems like a obvious. You know, they'll sort of recap and give a firm release date for iOS nine next week. That sounds yeah. Yeah. Possible. You think there's anything that so, they haven't discussed? So yeah, as far as the phone goes, are there are there what what's going to be new and different? It's got to be something. It's not just be like, oh, we made uh, you know a new phone. It's going to have to be a camera, force touch, force, force, force tap, taptic, to whatever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that seems to be what the which was the thing that you know I I've been whining that I want a four inch phone for so long that I you know I'd forgotten who I am, uh, but. That was the one thing where it seemed like, okay, yeah, if they come out with a with Force Touch on the new model, it's obviously not going to be on the 4-inch model because the 4-inch model is probably going to have last year's internals. So I'm probably going to end up getting the bigger phone anyway. 
just to get the Forge Touch, which just makes me angry. Before well, I would want to. I would want to be. Well, no, I mean, I would think that I'm going to like it quite a bit. Right. Okay. I mean, that's that being being able to sense your way around the screen a little better uh, would would be, I think, huge. 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 How do you see so, that happening? Like as you drag your finger around the screen, as if you yeah, move I mean, over well, a button, I, it'll... right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, you know, I mean, obviously, for gameplay, it becomes a big deal. Right, because that's the one. That's the one real drawback to the current glass screen, you know, flat glass screen method of playing games is that your fingers always get off the the targets, and you can't. I mean, there's that Halo game that I play that has the you know, any of those game, any of those first person shooter type games that have the the what do you call that thing, the joystick sort of thing where you're moving around. Um, uh, your thumb will always get off the joystick and then suddenly right. you're not moving and you're, and you're dead. <laughs> I, I don't think I, and maybe this will be a controversial statement, but I don't think you can make a good first person shooter for a touchscreen interface. Even with a prove me wrong game. Developers. Even with a force feedback. Yes. Even with a force oh. feedback. Bold words, Dan, I'm staking some ground. I mean, I enjoy the first person shooter genre quite a bit. They said that about consoles right before Halo came out. True. I, I I would like to be proved wrong. Let's put it that yeah. way. I'm I'm I am throwing down this challenge because I have yet <laughs> to see a single good. There's plenty plenty of good ones, you know, like great graphics. Um, but the the UI it's really hard. I I have played a bunch and I and I really like FPSs and I played them on on my computer with the keyboard and mouse for many years and I've played them on the Xbox for many years mm-hmm. and it took some adjustment definitely going to the Xbox. But yeah. and well, the games had to adjust too, right? Like right, Halo. And, is sluggish compared to the PC games uh, in terms of, you know, it's very forgiving. Yeah. When you, as you swing the camera around, everything's kind of moving a little bit slower. But I, I've, you know, I have grown used to it. And I and right. even after, you know, five years or something of people trying to make FPSs for iOS, I still haven't found one that I've actually found compelling. Yeah. Um, I so. just do have faith that somebody's going to figure it out at some point. And it'll probably be totally different than what you're expecting. Like I, the way that, like the, the dual joystick camera move. Thing, uh, was weird from a mouse and keyboard point of view sure mm-hmm. sure I, I know lots of people who i talk to who um can't deal like who have just you sit somebody down in front of it and say here's how you do this this the stick moves and the stick looks and <laughs> i will not tell you about the number of times they end up like <laughs> looking at the ceiling like spinning in a circle um and it's hard it's definitely hard you have to it takes a lot of time to get used to that kind of interface but you know, and and you're right that you can adjust for a lot there. But for me, the biggest problem is the tactical issue of just, right. like John said, like feeling where those controls are. Because if I have to look at it's it, like, I can't yeah, look I mean, at two things you're at the running, same time. You're running, and your inclination is to push the the virtual stick as far as possible toward the direction that you want to run in, and then all of a sudden your thumb is not on the virtual stick anymore. Right. Yeah. You're off, There's you're methods off to compensate wandering. for that, like you, yeah. um, like you. As you run and you go further, the virtual joystick can sort of move up mm-hmm. to meet you, like an auto-centering uh, sort of thing. But yeah. it's very finicky, and I still haven't found one, I mean, like Dan was saying, that's kind of like a no-brainer that just works. So. Yeah. So anyway, I mean, that's my that would be my hope for what that might provide, something at least a bit of a better solution for that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So. so that's why I'm not getting my 4-inch phone. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, I have to figure out if I'm going to buy a new phone. And I was talking to my mom about this. She has a 5S, I think. Um, and she's like, oh, you should, you know, if you get a new phone, you should give your six to your dad. I'm like, I don't think my dad wants a smart, he still has a flip phone. Uh, it's kind of hilarious. <laughs> uh, but it's got me on that whole still thing about like the, uh, the cheap upgrade plans where you can upgrade every year or whatever. And like trying to run the math on that on the AT&T site is kind of a nightmare. Um, so I, but I, I don't know. I skipped to the 5S as I think I said in our last episode, and I'm not sure yet if the success will be compelling enough to make me want to upgrade mm. immediately. But at the same time, the, the the phone plans have become much more forgiving about that than they were in the early days. The 5S was the last phone I loved. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never wow, love again. Okay. I'll never love a phone again, Dan. All right, Hemingway. <laughs> For um, sale, iPhone 6, never used. <laughs> uh, so I, I actually, uh, another question about something related to tv is this news that was going around last night as we record this variety reported that apple might be looking to get into the content production game what i thought you were going to talk that? about idris, idris elbow for a minute oh you want to talk about idris uh, elbow for a minute we can do that <laughs> let's do that after we talk okay, about we'll do apple. that after we talk about content yeah production. don't get me mad <laughs> yeah really um uh yeah uh, but we've been hearing that for years and it kind of makes sense uh, I'm totally not surprised that they're looking into it. I also wouldn't be surprised if nothing comes of it. Right. Yeah. Ideally, be, I we think all agree about that. that any content yeah. creation thing should just be a se- like a separate spin-off company. Do you want me to pretend not to agree? No, that's fine. Okay. People get annoyed in podcasts where too many people agree. I disagree. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, I I I'll disagree. argue against myself if you want. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll just sit back and have a drink. I would, I would then I be wrong. Yeah. I don't imagine they're looking into it that hard, but... Mm-hmm. They'd be I, my argument was they're dumb if they're not right because look at all their everybody else is sort of getting into that game right and you, there's there's certainly money on the table there or if not money you know uh, eyeballs right like being able to draw people to your to your service or what have you and so I got to think that with Amazon and Microsoft Yahoo all these companies sort of getting heavier into content production that. Apple's at least got to be like dipping a toe in the waters and seeing like, well, is this something we should do? Right. Even mm-hmm. if they, as Guy said, decide not to do anything about it, it's not like they're, you know, not going to investigate it. I don't think they're going to dismiss it out of hand. That doesn't make any sense. No, it's um, silly. And so a lot of people are saying like, oh, that doesn't make any sense for Apple. No, it makes perfect sense. They, they want to run a TV service, guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You know, what do you need for a TV service? You need content. And, and in and in that business, it's not like they run out and start you know like buying a bunch of cameras and think and you know <laughs> yeah. you know I mean they, they just they, they just have get, iPhones, John. They can shoot they have to, well, no, I mean they just like contract with existing producers, right? I mean they just basically fund it, right? right. Yeah, and the right. way Hollywood stuff works is like these are all individual companies anyway. Like you create yeah. a company for your movie, right? And so you got you got to get a bunch of you got to get a few people up at the top, and that's practically it. Yeah. So anyway, um, reasons they wouldn't or hurdles are uh, if they start getting into content creation, it may be much more difficult to license content from other people. And uh, I don't know if this is an issue anymore, especially the size that they are now. But uh, the deal that they had with Apple, the record label, uh, yeah. uh, could kind of oh, true. get in the way if they well, start yeah. doing their own music. Like, well, I mean, they, that's music specifically. That's just music. They've though. got enough money, too, that I feel yeah, like they, they, could, fix it they could smooth that over. I think the biggest <laughs> question, which, which some people have, have Ringo raised, will take like 15 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> The biggest question I feel like they've raised is that that's, that's terrible. I feel bad. I feel bad about that. Ringo's Ringo's very talented. 
<laughs> Johnson's doing his own show over there. Uh, I was going to say the, the the challenge that some people have have mentioned in the conversations I've seen about this is the like what kind of content do you produce, right? Because Apple on the App Store has a very definite sort of uh, I don't know the code. I don't know if that's the right word or you know like in terms of what they allow on the App Store. Um, and so the question is, uh, you know, does an Apple content provide as if apple starts producing content does it get into like the r-rated content game yeah they're gonna okay, do a okay. Game okay. i'm gonna crazy. i'm gonna yeah. i'm gonna pitch something to you guys that's gonna blow your minds all right much like netflix is doing sort of edgy stuff for marvel apple can do edgy stuff for dc that doesn't suck like the movies suck. <laughs> uh apple is too tight with disney to do that oh true <laughs> Because you're not wrong. Here's what I think. What if they just made a deal with Marvel? Apple buys buys Top Dog. (laughs) Apple should just buy Disney and be done with it. End of story. Um, By and large. One thing that I think could be cool is if they spin off this little, uh, like basically a development house for media that will give grants to people that want to do interesting stuff. And part of the, the, the deal is that it'll be exclusive to Apple for X number of months or something. Well, and that mm. was an interesting point because one of the articles, I think the Variety article itself mentioned the fact that they, you know, for years they've been sort of uh, making the rounds on the indie circuits, yeah. uh, looking at short films and stuff like that that don't get big distribution deals and then making them sort of exclusive to iTunes, which is, you know, makes a lot of sense again because they, they don't need to make the content. They just need to underwrite it. And right, part of the quid exactly. pro quo is like a bit of a deal. Yeah, I, I think having some exclusive content is a big deal for any content provider, right? Like, yeah. and, and so if Apple can lock that down either by throwing some money towards content, existing companies that are you know producing content, or by sort of becoming a content you know partner, uh, that makes a lot of sense from the standpoint of producing great original content that can drive people to the service. Yeah, I could see them without any. Uh implications regarding their, their image or anything just bankrolling a whole bunch of really fascinating document uh, documentaries sure yeah, mm. yeah like half, seems... of their, half of the ads half the things that they show look like documentaries anyway like yeah, like, like planet earth style stuff yeah that, exactly you know okay could we solve that problem they just hire ken sure. burns uh they pr- Probably kid. <laughs> I mean, they already kind of did, right? Like, yeah. they like his they name. Could, they could buy his genome. <laughs> <laughs> Apple has today announced exclusive rights to Ken getting, getting back genome. into the clone business. <laughs> Take up the clones. Oh man, that was bad. Um, <laughs> what about this? Uh, I don't know. You guys probably have a. I'm not privy to your plan, but uh, <laughs> what about this Enterprise Cisco stuff? <laughs> that wasn't in the plan. Guy. No, I there is no plan. Uh, I like the idea that there's a plan yeah, here. Yeah, that's hilarious. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I mean, the whole IBM deal from last year seemed like they're moving heavily into enterprise because they feel like with the iOS devices, they have a foothold there that they didn't never necessarily got with Macs. Yeah. Um, and note again that this is not, as far as I can tell, the Mac is not involved in this deal at all, right? This is iOS. Yeah. Also, I, I like mean, someone I, I pointed out... When you say moving heavily into enterprise, uh, I think that there's... Sorry. There's a difference between like putting a bunch of weight or like, yes, they're not, they're not putting yeah. the company into being an enterprise company. No, no, no. It's there's, just something no. that they can do comfortably on the side. And, I think because right. in large part, because 
the whole bring your own device thing has gotten such huge traction. You know, everybody has smartphones and a lot of people have iPhones who work in the enterprise and thus they already want them to work well together. Mm -hmm. Um, And that there are so many companies which deploy iOS devices as part of their workflows, right? In the same way that the airlines do, for example, with pilots, you know, using those as electronic flight bags or using it in cases like retail for point of sale or what have you. Because there are so many of them deployed across industries now, it makes a lot of sense for Apple to put weight behind making them work really well in those areas. And uh, yeah, so I also think somebody pointed out that it was amusing that this was Cisco, which of course owned the iPhone, iPhone. trademark <laughs> when Apple released the iPhone and was like, we don't care. Yeah, that well, is one no of the greatest coups. In business, right? Like, yeah. No. Yeah. I'm sure they were also w- well compensated for a trademark that they were not using at all. Sure. They had one. They came out like a month before. That's right. Happy little. Well, they they rebranded a thing that they were already shipping. Oh, that was it. (laughs) Because the name was so popular. Yeah, right, right. Like, oh, we're using it. Look. (laughs) Oh, Cisco. We put a we put a sticker on the name of the old the old one. (laughs) Um, I remember when the IBM deal was announced. People were like, "Wow." Getting in bed with IBM and that photo of Steve Jobs giving the finger to the. Uh, they've been working with IBM since like the early '90s. This is not—I never found it that weird. Like they teamed up for Telligent, they teamed up for the PowerPC, mm-hmm. they had right, a common right. hardware reference platform, they had all kinds of stuff. If anything, the breakup over the PowerPC was uh, sort of the big parting of ways. But I mean, that's right. only been like less than ten years. Like it, yeah. And yeah. there was no hard feelings because IBM got out of the PC business anyway. Right. Right. So. Exactly. They don't still make those. Those servers, do they? I, mean, I, I think, they, think, I they, think they still so. make power chips. It's because there's power, right? And then yeah. there's PowerPC, which was the cut down one, mostly for for desktop, uh, for desktops, and effectively yeah. Apple. But yeah, it ended up in console. and for a while they were yeah. those were in the, those were in yeah. the Xbox. Yeah, the, the Xbox three sixty. Yeah, yeah. Nintendo's. Yeah, and like but, one yeah. like one spaceship. <laughs> I remember. I remember it was like it was in one thing that NASA launched, right? Oh, I don't remember which. Oh, I don't remember one which the, one. Like a, I think it's like one of the a, some some pro. Was it rover? It might have been. I can't remember. That's cool. Yeah, I was like, but I mean, they they got trounced by Intel on like the, uh, yeah. the server side, higher end side. Well, not the power chips, but the power PC chips got outpaced, and then ARM just ate their lunch in terms of being yeah, oh, yeah. So they got stuck yeah. in the middle and had no yeah. The ser- the server stuff yeah. basically got got taken over by Microsoft stuff coming up from the bottom and. And everybody switching from these expensive big database servers to like what are, what SQL server things that yeah, you could run yeah. on something that was and that like, happened to Spark too and whatever the uh, what was the other one called well, Deck Alpha yeah they, there was a bunch of interesting ships back in the day that got destroyed so anyway yeah. I, this IBM Apple team up didn't seem that weird to me yeah, yeah. no I mean I, yeah I mean they don't really have the, that. I mean, that animosity was that was a long time ago, particularly in, in, in terms of technology. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was basically, what, late 70s, early 80s. Right. And it was Steve shooting his mouth off because I'm pretty yeah. sure IBM didn't really care. <laughs> so, <laughs> so whatever, you know, get over it. Now, hold on for a second, guys. Looks like Lex has been itching to say something. Yes, Lex, was there something you wanted to talk about? Let's talk fantasy football for a minute. FanDuel Week 1 games are almost here. Uh, I don't know if you guys are football fans out there in listener world, but as people who follow me know, 
I'm a big fan of the Philadelphia Eagles. We have Sam Bradford, who spent much of his career not playing football because of injuries to his knees. But I'm excited to see what Sam Bradford does. And the Eagles keep trading away great players like uh, Deshaun Jackson and Jeremy Macklin and so on. So uh, who the hell knows? I mean, they've been, the Eagles have been good in the preseason, but who knows how they're going to do in the regular season. Uh, so here's why you need to get on FanDuel. FanDuel is the leader in one-week fantasy football with more winners and more payouts than any other site. They're paying out over $75 million a week this football season. It's a salary cap format. Pick any players you want for just one week. Entry fees start at just $1. Anyone can play. So you go to FanDuel, you do your thing. So here's how it works. I will tell you the truth. I uh, I had never done FanDuel before, although they were big, uh, you know, they're big podcast advertisers. I didn't quite get it. But you go there. You build out your roster. You, you know, each week you get some salary that you can spend on players. And, you know, they're ranking different players, and each player has different amounts. And so when I build out a fantasy team, I don't want to root against the Eagles. So I'm typically going to have one or two Eagles on the team. And I'm very rarely going to say, you know, let me get one person who's playing against the Eagles because that way, even if the Eagles lose and that player does well, then I can still feel happy. But so I built out a team. I got Sam Bradford, a quarterback, because why not? I got LaShawn McCoy, former Eagle, and Deshaun Jackson, former Eagle, on my team. Uh, and uh, I've got a couple other Eagles on my team, DeMarco Murray at running back uh, as well. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins is who I'm starting at wide receiver along with uh, Brandon Marshall and Deshaun. Um, but so the idea is, you know, you you pay some fee to get in there. and There's all kinds of different tournaments you can get into. And then they, you know, depending on how well your team does in the tournament you're in, you win real cash money. Uh, so it's pretty great. Um, so. First of all, if you dry out FanDuel and you want to challenge me, hit me up on Twitter at Lex Fry and we can fight it out. Um, but literally, you can spend $1 to play and you can win real money. So go to FanDuel.com. Check it out. Click on the microphone in the upper right-hand corner. As soon as you get there, FanDuel.com. Click on the microphone and type in our code REBOUND and sign up now. New users, for every dollar you deposit, FanDuel will match it with up to 200 bucks that gets earned as you play. It's a bonus of up to $200. The offer is only good for the first 50 people that use my code REBOUND today. So don't forget to use my code REBOUND. You're going to FanDuel.com, where every day is a new season. That's F-A-N-D-U-E-L.com. Hit the microphone, type in REBOUND. You're going to, they're going to match you dollar for dollar up to $200. It's pretty fun. Uh, I am terrible at fantasy football in general. I think when I win, I win by luck. But with FanDuel, uh, since you get to change your roster every week, I don't get saddled with a crappy player all week long. So check him out. And our thanks to FanDuel for sponsoring the rebound. Because uh, that was nice of them. Uh, now do you want to talk about Idris Elba? <laughs> we can do that. So tell, if you fill me in on uh, exactly what was said about well, because I like I, I only caught up on it on Twitter and I don't know exactly. So, somebody in, somebody said something stupid. So it like got, one of the well, producers, it, it got, right? So it, some of it got blown out of proportion. A surprise. Um, <laughs> so Anthony Horowitz, who is a writer... Um, a British writer, and I've read at least one of his books, a mystery book that's sort of a Sherlock Holmes-related one. Uh, and I know he's written a bunch of other fairly well-known things. And he created, uh, I think he was involved in the creation of the TV show uh, Foil's War, which is sort of a mystery, mm. ongoing mystery series. Um, is he the guy that writes books in the styles of other authors? I don't know if that's his only thing, but he... Okay. Well, he's yeah, it's just very, his writing exercise. Yeah. yeah, he's been around for many years. He's written a bunch of different series. He including... He's written some YA stuff. Um, two Sherlock Holmes novels, it looks like. Um, and he's written a lot for television. Um, and so he's so he's been around for a long time, and he's, you know, he's a, he's a well-known writer. And so he got contracted to write a new James Bond book. 
Um, and so he gave a big interview to, I think, the Daily Mail, in which I think they asked him about, you know, people have been sort of putting forth Idris Elba um, as a candidate for the next James Bond. And mm-hmm. he argued that he thought, you know, Idris Elba as an actor was not suave enough, which a lot of people took to mean a code swipe at the sort of racial implications of that because he's a black actor. I don't think that's entirely fair to characterize Horowitz's statement as that because he went on to suggest a different black actor that he liked. (laughs) So it's hard to make that argument. And, you know, I think he should be, he's certainly entitled to his opinion that he doesn't think that, you know, Idris would make a good, a good James Bond. I don't think he's right about that. I don't think he's right about that. But I, nor nor do I think that he was being, say, patently racist. Um, No, if you go on to read the rest of the interview, he says stuff like he didn't like Skyfall. Yep. Which he admits is a controversial. And he, and he doesn't the, like james bond being weak yeah, and he also discusses the problems with james bond being you know sexist and uh xenophobic yeah. and homophobic mm-hmm. and all of these other issues which are real problems with that character so because he was written in the 60s right um and so you know i think that there's i don't think he should be necessarily castigated for that if you want to get up in arms because you think idris elba would make a great james bond and you disagree with him that's one thing uh i just think you don't need to necessarily you know make a blanket statement about what his opinions on him on that actor were um and so i I, used a little bit of like man he was calling him too street yes he did say too street which is a it's like yeah poor choice of words definitely it is a at the the very least i think that's maybe that's translating i mean he's a he's a british guy right right maybe that's translating into dog whistle over here yeah, it's not exactly. necessarily the same. Yeah, yeah. Thing, I, I think that it's is still a, like that's an incautious use of the words mm-hmm. like that. Ingr- agreed, and and you know I I agree. There's probably some culture differences too, right? You know, like going from the UK to the US in terms of how he phrased that. Um, but I mean, the thing that interested me when I went and read the the actual interview was that the actor he suggests is a guy named Adrian Lester. Um, who like 10 years ago i wrote a blog post about how before they cast a uh, craig about how they should cast this guy because i really like him if you've ever seen the bbc tv show hustle he's the main character in that and he's very good um and so i i thought he would make a good james bond uh but i think Idris Elba would also make a good james bond i like them both God, see i was, I was surprised uh, adrian lester is older than Idris Elba. well yeah because i'm picturing him Which, also like that show was running 10 years ago and yeah right i'm thinking right. about him but but that picture that you posted on twitter he looked a lot younger i mean well, maybe it was from back old then picture. yeah it's yeah, definitely an old, old picture. picture okay okay um because i was thinking i was you know i mean looking at you know i'm surprised he's only 42 he looks Idris Elba looks a lot older to me than 42 he's got a lot of gray in his beard is it really only 42 he said yeah he's 42 wow it's not the years it's the mileage well he's he's also just like a big guy so i feel like he looks he does look a little bit on the on the on the older side wow he's 42 wow yeah yeah Yeah. because that that was my concern i was thinking i mean i you know i would think he'd be terrific in the role but he looked too old to me like he wouldn't like you wouldn't get like 10 years out of him in the role sure really because daniel craig is also looks kind of old. Well, he does now. He didn't in the first movie. He's much. I mean, he was born yeah. in '68, so he's older than you know. He's older yeah. than Idris Elba. Yeah. Older than the and, and Bond is supposed to be sort of late 30s. Uh, I think they yeah. say in in a lot of them. So and he also the trouble is he's a character who doesn't age, right? Like so, right? Right? You know well, yeah. that's never going to work <laughs> as far as you can't have an actor play him. I mean Roger Moore by the end. <laughs> Roger Moore was kind of was kind of doddering, and even oh, Sean God, Connery coming back so and uh, never say never again with the gray hair. 
uh you know that's he's a, still he's still it's not a good movie but he still pulled it off well he's like, sean when, connery in the in the last in the last the last uh, roger moore movie it's just it's really sad yeah I, I mean as much as i like roger moore he's not my favorite bond but i i appreciate yeah. all that he has done for the franchise yeah sounds cool with a, like a james bond in his 40s yeah, I think it's. I think there's interesting stories to be told. They're maybe not the traditional James Bond stories, but we've passed a point where like telling the same story over and over again is interesting. Right. So, well, I mean, yeah. just based. I mean, he can't possibly have got to be superhero spy without being at least in his mid thirties, right? Yeah, just based oh, on exactly. being in the army yeah, yeah. and being in the special service and getting to. It's, it's more realistic than like a twenty-five-year-old being like an amazing super spy, right? <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. I wouldn't mind a movie of a 25-year-old Bond, though, like, you know, learning. I yeah. mean, because that's, that's kind of one of the interesting things about Casino Royale is the is that beginning where you're yeah, seeing him before, yeah, before he's, um, like, a really effective 007. I love that when he gets, in a, he gets in a fight with the guy in the stairwell with the machete. Yeah. And when he's done, he just goes back and he's just... You can tell why that he drinks later on in the movies. Yeah. He's just like, oh my God, I cannot believe that. That was like. That was crazy. Yeah. And he wins by basically having a lucky fall off the staircase, which is. Like, yeah. 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 Well, I mean, and you want to, if you want a comparison, you know, so I, I saw the most recent Mission Impossible, which is, I really liked, and I've enjoyed most of the movies in that series, with the exception of number two, which is execrable. Um, but. You know, Tom Cruise is like 50 <laughs> and yeah. also seems like he doesn't age. Although I like that with each increasing movie, he gets into he has this, they do a similar thing with him where he keeps getting into fights and stuff. And it's like the only thing that that guy has going for him is that he gets up again and keeps going. Right. Like he's he's <laughs> yeah. great and he's skilled and he's talented. But there is a he's not superhuman, um, which is kind of it's it's refreshing to see that. And especially because Cruise as an as an actor is such a big movie star. That mm-hmm. you kind of you kind of like to see him get put through the ringer a little bit. Um, so if you've seen the fourth uh, Ghost Protocol, which is really good, it has a particularly great stunt where he has to jump into a window on a tall building. Um, and if you haven't seen it, you should go watch it because it's a really good movie. Yeah, but gotta, the, the fifth uh, one is excellent as well. I highly I recommend. I gotta see it. that again. I gotta see the fourth one again. Yeah, they I, don't actually, get out to, I don't get out to the movies that often, so hey, I'll probably, movies, I probably won't see the fifth one until it comes Apple out. With the TV, the movies will come to you, John. That's right. I'll just sit on my ass and watch movies. <laughs> <laughs> and record podcasts. <laughs> and that's pretty much it. Yep. I think that is is probably the most compelling argument that I've heard. Is it trash day at somebody else's? I'm sorry, I have to I have to back up the podcast for one second. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's moving day, so it's trash day here. It's for, just, a, for, it's just to apologize a, to our listeners, it's trash day here in Tacoma, and, and then I guess it's moving well, day. It's also in Boston. bulldozer constant working on my street for the last three oh, months. Stay. Okay, yeah, <laughs> just um, like constant beeping, constant beeping going out of the background. That's, that's a feature. Yeah.